When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, that's Not Gunner Productions podcast. Welcome back to the Cinema Salon. It is I, Jean Vaubanya, the Cinema Baron, putting the sin back into cinema. And this is episode eight. Now, before we break down, reveal what the film is, uh, just introduce the guest. And I'm very happy to have the guest on today, Mr. Paul Morrell. Uh, gimmick ganger, absolutely. And also someone who I owe a great deal of gratitude towards for following what I do here on the Cinema Salon and also Man Bites Pod. Shout out Commander, shout out Reverend. He follows all of our stuff. He supports everything that everyone does on the Gimmick Gang, including the Broad Street Breakdown, of course. And we all owe you a lot of the gratitude there, Paul. We are, you know, not to get too schmaltzy, but we are all very grateful. We are all very thankful. Um, and the film that we are covering today uh, is your choice. Uh, who better to cover it, considering where you are located, where you live, where you grow up. And also very pertinent and topical, considering what's happening in the world today uh, with Russia and Ukraine. But we'll break all that down. We'll get into that. Uh, Mr. Paul Morrell, thank you for joining me on here at the Cinema Hello. Salon and the Salon. Uh, how are you today? I'm all good. I'm ready to get this, to get this recorded and talk about the bleakiest film I've ever seen. And what is the film? Please introduce it for us. The film is Threads. It's originally made as a BBC drama. So it's a TV film, essentially, when it first came out. And it was the first film to ever fully show the effects of a nuclear strike and the nuclear winter that came after it. Absolutely. And it does really show it. I mean, it's it's a fictional film. Uh, it's a docudrama, if you will. Um, so thankfully, it's not real life <laughs> yet. Not yet. Quotation marks, touch wood, pray to the gods, yet. Um, but it really is the first film or first bit of media content art that has really kind of made me go, whoa, yeah, that's horrifying. That's the end of civilization. And the planet takes a real decent hit as well for about half a century before even that can shake it off and start to regenerate and regrow again. You know what I mean? This is the utter devastation of uh, nuclear atomic warfare. Yeah. Um, Threads 1984. Um, I'd never seen it before. I'd never heard of it before until you suggested it to me. 
Um, I've watched horrifying films before. We were off mic, we were just discussing Cannibal Holocaust. Thank you to all those who have uh, watched that video, by the way, it's doing really well. Um, I've watched, because uh, I like to see things just once of films are infamous, if art is infamous, I like to see what it's all about just so I know what I'm talking about. A lot of the times it's just once like Cannibal Holocaust. Well, I watched it twice, but I uh, fast forwarded the turtle scene. I couldn't yes. sit through that again. <laughs> I couldn't sit through that a second time. Um, Serbian film, Salo, you know, uh, stuff Sadly like Salo, but not Serbian. That's just, Fair enough. Uh, not arguing that. Yeah. <laughs> not arguing that. Um, point being, point being, um, Threads is worth a rewatch, though. Threads is definitely worth a rewatch. Um, their listeners, viewers, it will horrify you, it will make you extremely depressed, it will make you in despair of the world and humanity, absolutely, and perhaps even fearful of the future. But that's the point, uh, because this cannot happen. Nuclear warfare, nuclear Armageddon cannot happen. And this film shows you in quite graphic detail on a relatively low budget back in the day, 1984, uh, they do really well to really show the devastation. Yeah, it's it's 400 about. grand, if I'm not mistaken, was the budget you for are, it. You are correct, 400,000 pounds, which uh, that's about 12,000 uh, pounds, 12,000 pounds, $12,000 Australian, hmm. about $15,000 American, that works out, yeah. Uh, hold on, am I saying that correctly? No, I think it's more, it'd be no, more than that. 120,000. No, no, what am I doing? No, I think I it'd be an extra 120, it'd be 520,000, I think, then, with that addition. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> more on. But yes, yes, um, not much, not much at all, even no. for 1984. Even for no. 1984. Um, considering this was a BBC film as well, BBC. And Nine Network. Uh, yes, yeah, as you've pointed out, it's a British apocalyptic war drama uh, produced by the BBC and Nine Network and Western World Television Incorporated. Written by Barry Hines and directed and produced by Mick Jackson. These names mean largely nothing to me. Do you know of really anything else that they've done? Um, there is a film called Kess that Barry Hines did, which is a very famous one. Um, okay. I actually haven't seen it though, unfortunately, so I can't really say that much about it. Um, the director, the two other films I suppose of note would be The Bodyguard and Volcano are the only two oh. films I recognised on the list. Yeah, he directed both okay. of them after okay. Threads. Volcano, yes, yes. I mean, like there was a lot of those films back in the day. Um, have you seen Volcano? Yeah, well, I watched it when I was younger when it first came out, purely for my love of uh, destruction. Yeah, cities, okay. I suppose that's why I like threads. Okay, okay. Did it touch on, did it like get close to threads at all in terms of de mm. showing devastation? No, 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 no. No, it's just like were... getting devastated by a volcano coming up from underneath okay. it, basically. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think I know the film you mean. It's been a while, though. It doesn't matter. There's, doesn't matter. there's one cool bit that's worth mentioning, and I suppose it would be my favourite moment of violence. A uh, fella gets out of the train and basically sinks down into lava slowly, a bit like Terminator yeah. 2 when he gets lowered into the uh, molten metal. <laughs> that's pretty okay. cool. Besides that, okay. it's just Hollywood being Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not a Hollywood film. This is not a Hollywood mm -hmm. film. Uh, people talk about the uh, Brits have a very, um, a very attuned to uh, bleakness, um, grim reality, showing it through their cinema. And this is a prime example of that. Definitely a prime yep. example of that. Because they have a point to prove. They have a point to make um, that you can't have a nuclear war. <laughs> it will fuck nope. us all 
royally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I say, it's a dramatic account of nuclear war and its effects in Britain, specifically on the city of Sheffield in northern England. Now, for uh, the Salon, I don't know what to call them, listeners, viewers, uh, Sheffield's in northern England. Tell people yes. where you're at there, Paul, please. I am in the second city. It is the second city, it's not Manchester. Um, <laughs> that's about middle of the country. Sheffield's further north very industrial city especially mm, around before the 80s especially because margaret thatcher closed down a lot of industry and she was the prime minister when this film is based yeah yeah so very one of the major cities of birmingham and is on the would have been on the list for nuclear strike back in the 80s when this film was made yeah yeah okay um and how close is sheffield to you um, roughly probably about 90 miles going to google it 90 miles 90 miles okay okay so like in driving terms that would i don't know what would that be a uh, few hours if that uh, yeah i can tell you now it would be not it's exactly 99 miles it takes an hour and 45 minutes to get there oh yeah okay so yeah well yeah close <laughs> too yeah. close yeah it's too close for comfort Okay, now, the plot centers on two families as a confrontation between the United States and the Soviet Union erupts as the nuclear exchange between NATO and the Warsaw Pact begins. The film depicts the medical, economic and social and environmental consequences of nuclear war. Yeah, so, um, okay, so uh, if I may ask, in Britain, around that time in 1984, um, I mean, I'm not saying that you remember it. Uh, where you were like following the papers along in 1984, <laughs> covering the situation. <laughs> but um, you, you know, you grew up there. You grew up in yeah. the vicinity, uh, in the country itself. So your parents, you know, like would have been talking about it. You, I mean, like you know more than me on a first-hand level um, what was going on at the time. What was going on at the time in terms of reality and potential nuclear war? Well, around that time, we'd not long come out of the very short Falklands War, which was the war between Britain and Argentina over the Falkland Isles. Yeah, yeah. So, but besides that, I think the threat of nuclear attack had been pretty much ever-present since the Second World War. There was that air, there was like pamphlets that were delivered to a lot of homes to say what to do in a nuclear attack. Very brief, not that uh, helpful. Yeah. But they also released a series of videos, one of which is... Um, featured in Threads, the scene where uh, Jimmy and Ruth are redecorating the flat mm -hmm. and she bursts out crying and you can hear it in the background. You can hear mm -hmm. what to do in an emergency, take dead bodies outside, for example. So they were real videos that were around wow. in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah, they're not made for Threads. Wow. Those are real videos that can all be watched. <laughs> wow. It's like an hour-long supercut of all of them on YouTube. And mm -hmm. it's, by the end of it, you get that same feeling, the threads of, oh, well, we're fucked. If these yeah. were fucked, this was as helpful as it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's a case of much within threads. There's that life goes on element. That yes, we might be there. Might be that threat of the Cold War, things like the Cuban Missile Crisis from the, the '60s. The I think it's the Hungarian Spring, if I'm not mistaken, as well. These little things were in the subconscious mind of the British. I know what you mean. Yeah. But still get on with it, which is very again very British. So, yeah crack on yeah 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 absolutely and in 1984 that was very much uh stiff upper lip 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The the peer the the peer is very PSA stiff upper lip. Um, do what you need to do for queen and country, if I may. Yeah, back then, yes. Um, okay, interesting. The fact that you got the pamphlets delivered is crazy as well, from the perspective of a Australasian, if you will, because I am Australian. Uh, but I grew up in New Zealand. So in 1984, I was certainly in New Zealand. And I was in rural New Zealand. Um, yeah. Quick breakdown, North, South Island in New Zealand, two islands. Uh, South Island, I was in East Coast, West Coast. West Coast was the uh, um, the land that time forgot, basically. There was a KFC came there in 1988, and that's where modern progress stopped. Yeah, yeah. It was where people go away to go live in the bush and get away from the, you know, the rat race. You know, rat race in New Zealand on a global <laughs> scale wasn't yeah. much, but yeah. Um, but still, point being, you were talking about uh, the fear of it on a global scale since World War II, which is correct, the Cold War. Everyone knows what the Cold War, War is. Even our um, younger listeners, viewers would have heard of it, at least or seen it in movies, etc. Um, yeah, like how we had the lessons in school. I remember being very, very young, um, talking about nuclear war, about getting under your desk if a bomb strikes. Yes. Yeah, which if you think about it, <laughs> it's absolute <laughs> insane nonsense because it's not going to do a damn thing. Um, it might so this was slightly calmer, something like that. It's just like, yeah. oh, if you think you have something to do, oh, that might keep me safe and just stop people from running around outside panicking. I guess, I guess, I guess. I guess it's like when a plane's going down, here's some oxygen, yeah, to make yes. you a little bit uh, high, basically. <laughs> yeah, before you go. <laughs> before you go, it's pretty much the same thing. It's pretty much mm. the same thing. Um, and the PSAs from Britain really did, it was really about that kind of thing. It was just these little mental placebos to think, ah, oh, it won't be too bad. And the crazy thing is, that's still being bandied about today. Like, um, uh, like oh, what are they calling it at the moment? There's not nuclear, there's nuclear bombs. Um, you know how they're talking megatons and such, yeah? Well, there's yeah. Um, smaller nuclear bombs that they're discussing at the moment for the strike uh, to basically attack Russia with. And if we're attacked with one of these smaller nuclear bombs, it won't be so bad. Point being kind of oblivious to the, the complete reality of, you know, what this yeah. devastation really entails, yeah. And this is in there's 2022. No, um... Mm-hmm. there's no wider scale for it you'd have to go looking for the little bits of information they don't give us it as a mm, how do i explain it like they wouldn't tell you the difference between like an airburst nuclear attack and a ground burst nuclear attack so an airburst yeah. is, goes off just above the ground and it doesn't cause as much of a radiation fallout but on the other hand a ground burst will because of the crater it creates and all the dust it throws up into the air that's the one that causes the bad fallout but yeah. that's not necessarily required for public knowledge, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, they, no, no, no. They don't go into the grisly details whatsoever. No. Yes, because they want to um, make sure the uh, propaganda is waving high on the, uh, you know, on the flagpoles there. Yeah, that's what they want people paying attention to and saluting, etc. Things oh, don't yes. change. <laughs> the, the technology may change and the way that it's distributed, the propaganda, but the essence and ideology and the nonsense lunacy does not change. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but that is the world that we live in. Okay. Now, it was shot on a budget, as you say, of uh, £400,000. First of its kind, now this is feature film, to depict a nuclear winter. Uh, it is, yes, when you're talking about the fallout there. 
the nuclear winter is the real killer yeah that's the real the top of the on the top tier devastation for what um nuclear war does do what what occurs but we'll get into that uh it has been called a film which uh comes closest to representing the full horror of nuclear war and its aftermath as well as the catastrophic impact that the event would have on human culture and civilization not just culture that's a bit of a soft term for it it's civilization it has been compared to the academy award-winning program the war game which was produced in britain two decades earlier so we're talking 60s and the contemporary counterpart the day after a 1983 abc television film depicting a similar scenario in the united states now one by one here we've both seen the war game yes you you're the brit here what did you think of the war game it's very good i like the way it was shot you can tell that it's the little brother to threads if you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that it was made first and i think barry hines probably would have thin seen that to use that oh. as 100%. the framework for threads 100 yes but uh again it's a 60s so it's a bit obviously i've seen stuff from the 60s but it's less applicable the 80s was more present in my mind from when i was born and things like that but it's still very very good it very, is very good and i imagine for the 60s when it came out it would have been very shocking just as shocking as fred oh, in the 80s i think yeah they, they kept it to one side they didn't it wasn't for public viewing when it originally came out in the 60s um oh the government had a part to play in not letting it out they say that it's due to the idea that it would have caused mass suicides if released in the 60s but from reading i'm going to hold it up now so people can see it from reading this the secret state book is what um, is by peter hennessy is what i've been thank reading you. thank you it was a government secret state level decision to not let the film out they use that guise of oh it'll cause mass suicides to really just as a security risk they didn't want it to be shown because okay. the they didn't yeah. want people not trusting the government's handling of the global situation global relations we've got this don't you worry you yeah. just go up to work and have your milk delivered to your uh doorstep yeah. everything will be fine uh queen and country yeah yep. yeah queen and country um, don't panic don't panic yeah, don't panic there we go don't, don't panic. panic don't panic stay safe don't panic um yeah 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 and I, I was very impressed by it even though it's only about 50, 45 50 minutes long yeah. yeah i think the whole thing's um, on uh it's on the bbc archives if anybody wants to watch it you can go type in bbc archives the war games and it will just come up for you thank you thank you uh yeah i mean it is accessible in australia as well there australians i forget exactly where i found it on google but there's a very good quality it might even be vimeo where you can also watch threads in australia and good quality yeah um yeah no, i was very impressed also like uh the use of uh makeup set design uh that sort of thing production values to really show what happens when a nuclear um bomb hits for the 1960s you know i'm sure it yeah. would have had its desired impact definitely for those that got to see it <laughs> by yeah. the sounds of it yeah okay now uh then we have the american uh version Yes. I mean, no offense, America. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I maybe, if I hadn't have seen Threads, and I was back in the 80s watching this, it would have had more impact on me the day after 1983. But after Threads, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> it's that little, I find that there's hope in that one. I suppose there's no hope in Threads. There's that little yeah. bit where it's like, yeah, we could do it because no offense we could do it because we're america this feels like there's that element sprinkled all over the top of it 
Yeah. But Threads is the, just a more bleak take on it. That's a very good point, actually. Yes, there is that. Um, because we're America, we can. there is a chance that we can get through. Where Threads, you follow the protagonist, which is Ruth, yeah? The... Yeah. Not the necessarily the hero of the story, but the character that we see the story through. Yeah, yeah. The every person, if the every woman, every person, if you will, um, and it's more threads is more really about the effect of the individual and how humanity be stri be stripped of an individual. If at the start before this they're a really good person, naturally a really good person, which Ruth was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, she, she was really, the... really was. You can't really yeah. fault her before the nuclear strike starts. Yeah, she's yeah. Probably uh, out of her and Jimmy, especially, she's mm. the better, the better one of the two of them. She—that's the way you side with her at the start, and then she has to make some horrible choices, horrible decisions as she's living the aftermath yeah. of a nuclear war and going through a nuclear winter. But you don't blame her though. You don't. You, I, I've never. I didn't look down on her for any of the actions that she took. Um, yeah, that she chose. Uh, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, yes. Yeah, they, um, my uh, whole thing with uh, the day after is that Threads showed it just in a much more, uh, much more better use and portrayal of realism. Uh, they didn't have to get all symbolic about it because it is what it is. This is it's nuclear yep. war, nuclear winter. We don't have to get symbolic about it. Whilst uh, the day after, do you remember the scene where there's the cockroach, and the doctor says that the only thing. That will that survives nuclear uh, war, nuclear fallout is the cockroach, and then yeah. I, I forget if he picks up a shoe or something. But they squash the cockroach, and then yeah. next shot straight away, instantly after, is a young girl, burnt face, bandages around her eye, and she's screaming for that juxtaposition. And it's like, yeah, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get it. You know, it's just that yeah. heavy-handed kind of okay, okay. <laughs> you yeah. don't need to do that, yeah? No. Yeah, yeah I so, I mean, it's said it uh, the, it's, Go for the, it. The day after doesn't quite go into as much nuclear winter detail as Threads does as well. I was just, just thinking about it then. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. I'm not sure what the time scale is, but it's definitely not the 10, 15 plus years that Threads goes into. The long it goes into like list. half a century, I think, with Threads, yeah, if memory serves. It goes, goes into half a century. And also being a docudrama, it does have the facts like 10 years after this is the effect on humanity yeah. and on the earth itself from nuclear fallout yeah um and then 20 years later and stuff's not getting better <laughs> it takes no. 40 40 years for the sun to come out again yeah at all yeah and then even and, when it does yeah. it blinds, starts blinding people yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly. oh my god it's yeah oh the sun's out a, oh no i can't see anything it's not a fun time it's not a fun time um, let's see, let's see. Uh, I was nominated for seven BAFTA awards in 1985, which is your guys' Oscars. Yeah, just to yeah, clarify. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, yep. near enough. And one uh, for best single drama, best design, best film cameraman, interesting, and best film editor. Cam I'm not sure about cinematography, but editing, yes. I like the way yep. that it was edited, having that. Uh, between a, a drama fiction film and a documentary film. I thought they blended the two approaches very well, very well to create that sense of realism to really unnerve you and make you think, to put it simply. Yeah. There's a few um, actual historical shots in there. I think there's the is it a firebombing of Dresden during the Second World War. Oh, yeah, right sure. Now? 
that's in there. There's I did notice there's a few from um, is it Bloody Sunday as well. I think when the nukes first going off, there's a few shots from Blood Third Troubles in Ireland. Yeah, yeah okay. there's a couple of there's a couple of shots oh, in really? there, that, which is very. I, I found that would be very effective by mixing real world shots with the stuff that they made themselves, the set designs. They they did it very well. It wasn't jarring whatsoever. And it made its point without having to um, unnecessarily accentuate anything. You know what I mean? It was all on the yep. same devastating line of yeah, okay, we okay, we get it. This is horrible. Well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is horrifying. Um, well done. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's a horror film. Yeah, cinema salon. Yep. We're about horror films here and dark, disturbing cinema. And this is a horror film. You know, it's a docudrama, it is, I would call it a horror film as well, and it is certainly dark and it is absolutely disturbing. One of the most, dist- it's in my top five most disturbing films with some of the ones oh, I mentioned previous, yeah. yeah? Um, before we have a look at the plot, I want to have a look at some of the productions and themes here. Um, now, it was first commissioned under the working title Beyond Armageddon, Threads is Better, yeah. Um, yeah, let's actually discuss the title there. That's a good point because it starts off with a spider spinning a web. Yeah. Yes, threads, yeah? The threads and the, th- us. the threads that connect us, um, whilst they are intricate and complicated and quite beautiful, perhaps, if I may go there, they're also very fragile. And you pull one thread, that pulls off, and it has a ripple effect. <laughs> that can yeah. destroy the whole web. So, you know, it's a very simple but effective metaphor, Yeah. So that's why it's called Threads. Uh, the poster itself that they put of, is it the Milkman? Um, traffic Warden. Traffic Warden, thank you. Who's do, you guys have, based... do you guys have Traffic Wardens, just so in case I need to clarify what a Traffic Warden actually is? You go first, and then I'll tell you the equivalent down here. <clears throat> okay. Straight off the rip, most English people don't like them. They're okay. like one of the least liked occupations. They'll just patrol, usually high streets, um, just part of anybody any parking violation you parked on double yellows double yellows you can't park on whatsoever you stay in a bay that has an hour limit they'll come and give you a 60 quid fine 60 quid yeah that's okay. what don't like. they'll pick you up for the slightest thing say say that your wheels just you're in the parking bay but it's just slightly gone over you get yeah. a traffic warden that's having a bad day you're getting a 60 quid fine okay they do have them in america as well they're called parking something parking attendants or something and yeah. they get about a hundred, two hundred dollar fines, I believe, over there. Oof. But you know, that place is crazy. No offense again. Yeah, no offense. Um, I'm just they do have them in Australia as well, absolutely. Uh they're not liked anywhere, no. I mean, I don't drive, so I don't have what interactions with them, but no one likes them. Uh even a completely different film, but British film nonetheless, a film called Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. There's mm-hmm. a film, mm-hmm. there's a part in that film where they discover they've got a traffic warden in the back of the van and their immediate reaction is to beat the shit out of him upon discovering that there's a traffic warden in the back of the car. So that's yeah, a good I remember of that. British people's... Yeah, I do good. remember that from the film, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're called traffic wardens here as well. Huh. Commonwealth thing, perhaps, yeah? Potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but he's turned into a military guard. He's deputized, for want of a better way to put it, yeah? Yes. Yep. Um, and it's a really cool image. Like, if you haven't seen the poster there, listeners, viewers, do um, have a look 
on Google Images, whatever, because yep. he has the bandages uh, from the nuclear burn of the initial blast here over his face wearing yep. the traffic warden thing. And it's got an automatic rifle of some description. Um, I've tried to figure out what it was before. I can't quite. Okay. Okay. I can't definitively say what he's got. And I think the, uh, I could be wrong. It could it's, be a Sten gun, which is a semi-automatic submachine. That's gun. where we need our man by pod, man bites pod American friends here because they can go <laughs> in an yeah. instant with it. Uh, but the point being, with this image, he's made to look like a Nazi from Nazi Germany. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the desired effect, and there is that effect there because that's automatically what you think of. Um, you've got a devastated uh, Sheffield around him, devastated cityscape with a nuclear bomb going off, the mushroom cloud going off in the background. It's a very cool poster. Very um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll say it's partially maybe a small portion of what maybe watching in the first place because the poster was so cool yeah that definitely yeah. encouraged me sure. to watch it okay i understand that i get that yeah. absolutely and now again they want people to see this film so you know uh good choice um now yes it was called beyond armageddon by the director and it was commissioned by the director general of the bbc alice dare milne after he watched war game the war game in 1966 uh, now, this, oh, yeah, here we go. Not been shown on the BBC when it was made due to the pressure from the Wilson government. Yep. yep. Although it had had a limited release in cinemas. Oh, they might have pulled it by the sounds of it, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Mick, it's just like your video nasties. You have a habit of doing that, going, there you go. Oops, whoopsie. Not for you. Yep, this is going, oh, no, that's too much. No, 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 no. We can't have that. No, 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 no. It's a lot of that. Um, yeah, well, um, our country as well. Like, um, yes, um, we do a thing where, um, oh, you can have it. No, you can't. Ten or so years later, four or so years later, arbitrary amount of time. Oh, you can have it. No, you can't. Da -da, da -da, da -da. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it's, when I was younger, when my peak in horror films and such was going on, I've probably seen, I think, four different versions of Dawn of the Dead, for example. Because there's the original one, then there's the one where they cut certain bits, then there's one where they cut even more bits out of it, and then there's one where they put everything plus a bit more back into it again. So, yes, it's... we have various versions of a mul of uh, multiple films uh, throughout our uh, rating censorship history in Australia as well. Yeah, yeah. Even going back to something that you've done an episode on, Shogun Assassin. Um, yeah. That the front of one of the laws for when they re-released it was banned since 1984, all over the front of it. Yes, to try and because yes. yeah. I think he went through that transition from oh we're banning stuff to oh we're not banning stuff. So everybody went oh let's just push this idea that it was banned before to get people to watch it a bit more. Red good advisory stickers. Mm. Yes, works for, for the same sort of thing that works for music. Yeah, yeah. Ah, censorship. God. Anyway, <laughs> um, now uh, Mick Jackson was hired to direct the film as he had previously worked on uh, in the area of nuclear apocalypse in 1982, producing the BBC. Q.E.D documentary. What does that mean? QED. Was uh, the name of a series of BBC popular science documentary films which aired in the United Kingdom from 1982 to 1999? Heard of them? No, I don't think I heard. Okay, okay. Uh, Maybe vaguely. Okay. Uh, and his, his documentary for QED was called A Guide to Armageddon. Now, this was considered a break. Was considered a breakthrough at the time, considering the previous banning of the war game, which BBC staff believed would have resulted in mass suicides if aired. Wow. Um, 
the, the, the little amount of kind of faith or respect they have for people's intelligence is, is great, isn't it? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can't uh, handle it, but we can. So mm, that's how yeah. it works. Exactly. Uh, Jackson subsequently traveled around the UK and the US consulting leading scientists, psychologists, doctors, defense specialists, and strategic experts in order to create the most realistic depiction of nuclear war possible for threats. Yeah. And you can see that um, this is a well-researched film. Yeah. That's part yes. of the realism of it. Yes. Uh, Jackson consulted various sources in his research, including the 1983 science article, Nuclear Winter, Global Consequences of Multiple Nuclear Explosions, penned by Carl Sagan, no doubt, <laughs> and James yeah. and uh, James P. Pollock. Details of a possible attack scenario and the extent of the damage were derived from doomsday Britain after nuclear attack. While the ineffective post-war plans of the UK government came from Duncan Campbell's 1982 exposed war plan UK and portraying the psychological damage suffered by survivors, Jackson took inspiration from the behavior of hmm, Hibakusha and which is... Uh, as, a word, as a word of Japanese origin, generally de designating the people affected by the 1945 atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So again, well-researched, looking back at history, looking back at the effect this has already had on, you know, certain nations and the planet itself. And Magnus Clarke's 1982 book, Nuclear Destruction of Britain. Sheffield was chosen as the main location partly because of a nuclear-free zone policy that made the council sympathetic to the local filming. Interesting. And partly because it seemed likely that the USSR would strike an industrial city in the centre of the country. Do you know what was um, happening in terms of industry with Sheffield in 1984? Steel production, chemical production. But okay. as the 80s progressed... It went. Uh, there was less um, industry because Margaret, the footnote, Margaret Thatcher wanted us to be a service country as opposed to a production country. So it started. That's the point where it all started to move away from that, which caused, as he's mentioned in threads, there's a recession on uh, yes. during okay. the course of the okay. film. Okay. Did she Detroit you guys, for want of a better way to put it? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, there's kind of Detroit places that got worse. Of, there's parts of Wales that were way worse affected and still are today off the back of that. Sheffield being a major city, it can still push forward yeah. with other things. A lot, okay. of, um, a lot of music comes out of Sheffield now as well. Example? Uh, uh, I'm not a massive fan, but the Arctic Monkeys are a good example, I suppose. They're from Sheffield. They were very big. For like a couple of years, they ruled the globe in indie pop rock. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I remember the yeah. Arctic Monkeys very well. They hit down here hard. In Australia uh, and New Zealand, absolutely. Um, Commonwealth stuff, Britpop was huge in New Zealand at the time when Britpop was really like uh, late 90s, early 2000s, there, young ones. Yes, yep. um, in New Zealand, it was huge, Commonwealth stuff. You know, Oasis made their influence across across the globe, even in America. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, what did I want to pull? What was interesting about that time? I thought the, yes, having a look at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that yeah um that this is just well researched and that you can tell why this yeah has such an effect on you because there is just the attention to detail 
and how and when you're going when you're watching it you just go well yeah this makes sense <laughs> yeah. this isn't families banding together with a strong patriarchal fit figure leading the way out of the dark no this is everyone's fucked and then yeah. everyone starts turning at each other the politicians have proven themselves to be absolutely useless the little psas have done nothing <laughs> to mitigate any of this they're stuck underground <laughs> in the basement of a building yeah. arguing about who's got the last cigarettes which yep. happens in threads quite beautifully um yeah fantasizing yeah. about food fantasizing about food. food um yeah 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 and then when they're fight and then when like they try to get into the food banks but only the people fit enough strong enough to work are allowed Perfect. food and the the weak have to die and it's just like, oh, yeah, humans would do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is, this, <laughs> there's very little, there's only arguably one thing in the whole film that is unrealistic, which is that little push. I think that in reality, the Americans, the Russians, us, NATO, and the Warsaw Pact were actually less keen on actually having a nuclear war. I think but everybody actually understood. But the, anything after that, it's yeah. all it all seems extremely realistic that's probably yeah. the most frightening thing it just yeah yeah it does um it does show what would happen if uh the powers that be the ruling powers the superpowers etc the ones uh, the ones who have their fingers on the button if they actually pushed it if like the joker said all you need is one bad day and they were given that little extra push and they pushed the button this is what would happen yeah thankfully <laughs> up until yeah. we're in 2022 that yeah, has not happened later. hopefully that is uh still in mind still in mind but we'll get to current day at the end we'll yeah. get to current day at yeah. the end yeah um, okay, where were we? Blah, 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 blah. Industrial city, yep, center of the country. Jackson hired Barry Hines to write the script because of his political awareness. The relationship between the two was strained on several occasions as Hines spent much of his time on set and apparently disliked Jackson on account of his middle class upbringing. Okay, fellas, yeah. calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. Like the class thing is big, relatively big here, especially between the working class and the middle class, because they're the closest together. It is actually. It yeah. is. Yes. Yes. It is. Yeah. Um, they also disregarded. They also disagreed. Sorry about Paul Vaughan's narration. So there we go, people. That's the narrator. There's a, there is a narration in this, and but it's used effectively. I like how it was used. Again, giving that documentary feel to it. I thought with the narration. Um, uh, he's a um, very please. famous narrator in England. Uh, around yeah. that time, you just you, everybody heard his voice. He did um, multiple adverts and things like that. He was a, yeah. He's, right. his, while his face wasn't known, his voice was incredibly known. So that's I it, think did that on purpose to give it more of a. Okay. This is a voice you've heard. You hear a lot. Yeah. He's okay. now telling you about nuclear war. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, he was a British journalist, radio presenter throughout the 1970s and 1990s, uh, semi professional jazz and classical musician, and a narrator of many BBC television science documentaries, among them Horizon. And even I remember Horizon, I've heard of Horizon. Yeah. Yes, I believe it was shown in New Zealand on some at some point. Okay, um, ba, 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 which Heinz felt was detrimental to the drama, though, uh, Paul Vaughan's narration. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, okay. Hmm, that is interesting. 
Anyway, yeah. creative differences we'll put that down to. As part of their research, the two spent a week at the home office training center for official survivors in uh, Easingwald. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, Uh, It is spelled E-A-S-I-N-G-W-O-L-D. Easingwald, maybe. Easingwald. Which, according to Heinz, showed just how disorganized post-war reconstruction would be. Okay, yeah, we've covered that. Auditions were advertised in the Star and took place in the ballroom of Sheffield City Hall, Star being the English paper, I've certainly heard of it, where 1,100 candidates turned up. Extras were chosen on the basis of height and age. who were all told to look miserable. This is this is this yeah. This interests me as an actor, and to wear ragged clothes. The majority were uh, C and D supporters, which is the campaign for nuclear, nuclear disarmament. disarmament. That's the one. Yes. So they all protesters against the nuclear war, and this was in Sheffield, nuclear free zone. Interesting. I grew up in New Zealand, which was uh, nuclear free so ever since Greenpeace told the French to piss off back in the 80s. Yeah. Mm. Yep. yeah. <laughs> the makeup for extra, the makeup for extras playing third degree burn victims consisted of Rice Krispies and tomato ketchup. Yeah. And you tell. have, you can tell, and you have a lot of like, um, this isn't a kind of like high definition CGI late in affair, this film whatsoever. Um, there's lots of uh, greys, there's lots of blacks, it's very muted, you know what I mean, a good portion is, yep. based, is um, thrown into black and white, stark contrast, high relief, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Rice Krispies and tomato ketchup, you know, it, it works well, it works well. Yeah. Um, you'd, have to be, you'd have to be really looking closely because also the devastating effect of what has happened and the, pure, the look of misery, of pure devastation and shock just human shock on people's faces doesn't make you closely look oh there's some rice krispies you know what i mean so some fine artistry in this definitely definitely um the scenes taking place six weeks after the attack were shot at uh, cuba edge in the peak district national park because weather conditions were considered too fine to pass off as a nuclear winter stage snow had to be spread around that this is right yeah i read this stage snow had to be spread around the rocks and heather and cameraman installed light filters on the equipment to block the sunlight there we go there's that muted low light yeah uh filming of the situation uh, although Jackson initially considered casting actors from Granada Television's Coronation Street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. Oh, we had New Zealand uh, Coronation Street was on every day back in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, 90s probably as well, but certainly in the 80s. Yeah, I can still hear the music in my head. <laughs> the theme song in my head. He later decided to take a neo-realist approach, which is what I've been touching on with the um, the realism that was shown in this film. Yes, the approach, cinematic uh, approach to realism, the neo-realism, yeah, which is uh, Italians did it back in the 1930s, 40s. It's a whole a big part of cinema there, listeners, viewers, uh, look it up. Um, and opted to cast relatively unknown actors in order to heighten the film's impact through the use of characters. Uh, let me read that again. Instead of, uh, he later decided to take a neorealist approach and opted to cast relatively unknown actors, which is a big tenet of neorealism, in order to heighten the film's impact through the use of characters the audience could relate to. And this coupled with Paul Vaughan's voice as well, 
and the way the text comes onto screen, like it's a news report, you know, breaking news coming on the television, disturbing your currently your um, scheduled broadcasting programs, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It does have that. Yes, very pertinent to its time in the sense of realism with uh, neo realistic neo realist techniques, cinematic techniques. Yeah, really well done. Uh, in order for the horror of threads to work, Jackson made an effort to leave some things unseen, to let images, which is, which is, it makes a good horror, which this is what makes a good horror, to let images and emotion happen in people's minds, or rather in the extensions of their imaginations. It's what is suggested rather than what is explicitly seen. He later recalled that while BBC productions would usually be followed by phone calls of congratulations from friends or colleagues immediately after airing, zilch, nothing, nada, no such calls came after the first screening of Threads. Jacks, I'm sure they were all like ourselves, me and you there, Paul, just taking a moment, deep breathing, going, what did I just watch? Yes, standing outside, just looking around, going, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll throw this out there now. Um, as soon as I'd finished this, you know, after my initial being taken aback, deep breathing, uh, you know, meditating to get myself back into feeling okay again, made the mistake of picking up the old smartphone and going onto social media. First thing I see on Facebook is a meme about Russia and Ukraine. Uh, of course. <laughs> Russia attacking Ukraine. This was when just where there were hints in the cosmos, hints in the universe coming that it was coming. Yeah. And I was like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't need that. I didn't need that. It would have been just like after seeing the cannibal holocaust scene with the turtle when I went outside and a turtle walks along in front of me. Yes. <laughs> that bad timing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bad, bad timing. Um no, yes, no such calls came after the first screening of Threads. Jackson later realized that people had just sat there thinking about it. Exactly. In many cases, not sleeping nor being able to talk. Uh, so this is 1984 in England. I'm sure you know the effect would have been profound. He stated that he had it on good authority that Ronald Reagan, yeah, I read this. This was, this was quite something. Ronald Reagan watched the film when it aired in the U.S., uh, now, that is uh, basically the Republican leader of America during the 80s there, youngins. Along with Heinz, Jackson also received a letter of praise from Labour leader Neil uh, Kinnock. This is back in, uh, 19, in the 80s uh, st in England, stating the dangers of complacency are much greater than any risks of knowledge. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't put a bit of myself there, actually. I don't usually agree with politicians, but that was really well stated, actually. Yeah. yeah. Don't ban this. Don't pull this from screens. You know what I mean? People, everyone needs to watch this. For, in every country <laughs> that yeah. has the their fingers on the button. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just essential um, viewing, essentially, for anybody that's considering it, because this is what you'll do, even yeah. if you're the first to go. You'll cause yeah. this chain of events that are ir yeah. irreversible, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's really starting to make me feel heavy just talking about it again just talking oh, yeah, about it with you. <laughs> we haven't jumped in yet yeah we um, haven't jumped in yet yeah cool. anything you want to say at this point before we jump into it the plot the comforting thing is it was made 40 years ago and between then and obviously the last couple of months there hasn't really been that much talk of nuclear threat except the idea of a terrorist maybe getting a dirty bomb and trying to set that off for example but that it's very Hollywood again. Going back to that for a second, that idea. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there was the there was the weapons of mass destruction, but the world pretty much picked up that that was just a load of propaganda nonsense. Yeah, and that just purely yeah. wasn't. I will state it. Um, you know, here on the salon, that that just wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> that they made that up. You know what I mean? So the world really Using. didn't take that note much that that much notice. Go for it. Trying to use that past fear, trying to pull it forward to say, "Oh, remember, everybody was just scared of the nuke," and then it was kind of like, "Yeah, well, it's been that long since anything's happened when we hit the nineties, two thousands, that is kind of yeah. faded into collective memory, just a bit, just enough." Mm, but it has, there has been a resurgence. The kind of that oh, fear yeah. has started to tickle the back of the mind, but we'll get to that at the end. I'm sure everyone knows what you know. Everyone knows what we're talking about in uh, oh, yeah. inferring. Okay, but let's get into the plot now. In the city of Sheffield. Ruth Beckett and Jimmy Kemp, we're our young lovely couple here, plan to marry after learning of Ruth's unplanned pregnancy. Give us a sec here, it's time to sneeze. Oh. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Bless you. Ah. Now, um, this, um, I liked how they were introduced as well. Um, I'm not sure, I don't know what the cliffs they were. It's not the, it's, I'm not sure what cliffs they were overlooking. I don't think it's the, the cliffs I'm of Dover sure. or anything like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> but they're, they're um, in a 1980s English car on a cliff. You know, they're making out in the car as, you know, young couples did in movies back in the day. And then yeah. some sort of military fighter jet comes roaring. Yeah. Over the top we, of we'll them. become familiar with throughout the film. For the mm -hmm. first half of the film, anyway. It's a very good way of um, setting mm -hmm. these are two normal people. They do what normal people their age do. So sit in a car, make out. He yeah. likes football. She wants flowers. Yes. He does a very good yes. job of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the plot serves as a distraction to the viewer against the backdrop of a gradually escalating confrontation in Iran. The Soviet Union, fearing the return of a Shah, S-H-A-H, S-H-A-H, I think it's Shah, uh, regime following an allegedly US-backed coup, occupies North Iran, with the United States subsequently mobilizing its own forces and occupying the South, as well as increasing its naval presence in the Persian Gulf. The US then deploys B-52 stratofortress bombers to Turkey when it learns the Soviet Union has moved nuclear warheads into Mossad. So that's, yep. to break it down as two specifics, that's what's happening around England in the world, yes? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, um, we've discussed Ruth a little bit. Um, you know, she wants flowers, she wants to raise a family. Jimmy, he's an English lad, if I may say, certainly. Yes. Like, um, yeah. I, I could say the 80s, but I grew up in New Zealand serving in an English, English pub in the 2000s where there was lots of expats from Great Britain. Uh, and I, sorry, I mean Ireland, Wales, you know, the whole yeah. shebang yeah. Uh, came over. And um, yeah, no, they still like to have a, um, drink some pints and have a snog, even if it was their girlfriend or not. I saw yeah. a few cases. I mean, not to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, but you don't, I, so I didn't hate Jimmy, even though he wasn't 100% faithful to Ruth, you know what I mean? Um, it yeah. was kind of just getting one over with someone else before he gets married. I'm not condoning that type of behavior, but it wasn't unrealistic behavior um, no. making you out to hate him. He was an English lad. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, that's more than fair okay. to say. It's a really good example of just a British lad. He goes to the yeah. pub, he goes to work, he shags yeah. birds from the yeah. pub that Arnie's girl. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, yeah. just I don't know if we're ready to do this yet, but I think this is the, that's the first sin, isn't it? In the film, I might be mistaken. That's the first Wait. example of a sin, and that's lust. Yes. Thank you. I would have thought. Thank I you. think. Yes. Yes. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Now the British Army reinforces NATO forces in Western Europe following news of the Warsaw Pact build up in East Germany. The President of the United States, if there's any discrepancies here, do call out, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the President of the United States attempts to resolve the situation in Iran peacefully by proposing a joint withdrawal uh, to the Soviet leader. The Soviets, however, ignore the ultimatum, resulting in a, in a conventional attack by U.S. bombers on the Soviet base at Mossad. Uh, so as we're talking about just that extra little push, like uh, no fuck you we're going to do this <laughs> yep. actually let, enough talk let's go um, the Soviets retaliate with a nuclear tipped air defense missile which in turn is countered with the detonation of an American tactical nuclear weapon over Mossad a naval engagement subsequently occurs in the Persian Gulf further escalating tensions in response the US blockades Cuba and anti-Soviet riots break out in American cities but at the same time, at the same time, life goes on in Sheffield. Yep. The only, but it's very cleverly done. It's like you saw the plane going over the making, uh, the, the young couple in the car. Um, and they're in the pub, Jimmy and his friend checking out the birds across the way. There's some, some news in the background. You know, you can hear it, but no one's really paying attention to it. Jimmy and his friend do have a discussion about it. Oh, yeah, that's getting a bit. Jimmy does say something like it's getting a little bit heated. Go for it, Paul. This is that's the bit I find in the film because I think that's in actuality about half an hour into the film. About that, yes. Yeah, they do a lot of shots. You have to pay attention to the news as it's getting up to this point. But I think that's the first point where it's on in the background. And I think the bar barman he turns the channel over, doesn't he? Everybody's yes. like, whoa, 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 turn it back over. I think that for me was the point where okay, now everybody's paying attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. at the same time, as Jimmy's friend says, well, I'd rather be under the blast anyway. But let's go yeah. chat with these birds. So it's still, yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay attention, but yeah. still, life goes on. Yeah. And I'm sure for like, um, I mean, like, with global, uh, with tension around the globe with the superpowers, even when you're sitting in England or you're sitting in New Zealand or Australia, you do have those moments where you watch the news going, that's, or you listen to like something that's on the radio, go, well, that's a bit crazy. But then next minute, you just got to get on with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So you don't really, so you're not thinking about it all day because part of reality is in the world we live, live in, even in the 1980s, it's more uh, condensed and ubiquitous now because of the internet. Um, yeah. You can't worry about it all the time because life is also crazy busy and you've got stuff to do. And if you worried about it all the time, you'd send yourself completely batty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just um, staying in the house all the time, yeah, just hoarding yeah. food. And well, there's programs yeah. about it now. There's, it's so much time after you got doomsday preppers, like programs yeah. like that. Where yeah, people have yeah, yeah. got too yeah. drawn into something that's potentially could never happen. Well, hopefully, yeah, exactly, happen. exactly. And but nowadays we'll make them into forms of entertainment and throw them on the screens to watch them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. the uniqueness of today. But that's another yeah. discussion. What this shows yeah. in 1984 is that this is everyday people living out everyday lives. Yeah, but then the extraordinary and the horrible <laughs> happens to them. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, Now, news of the breakout of hostilities between the UN. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's one one tiny point. Um, please, please. That point um, in the narration where the Russians defend the base with a nuclear-tipped missile and the Americans fire back with a tactical battlefield missile. That's not um, told to the public. We are told that as the viewers. Yes. In the, the documentary-style stamp that comes across the screen. Right. But it's That's not right. till about... I think maybe five, six, seven minutes out further into it. If you're paying attention, there's a news report that says seismologists or whatever the term is have reported that there has been a nuclear exchange in the Middle East. So as far as the public knows, they I think they're praying. It shows a, uh, a shot of them praying in church. Um, Ruth's dad is in church praying while that nuclear exchange is going on, which I found very interesting. Is that they're praying while them nuking each other in the Middle East? As I found that quite interesting moment in, within the film. I hear you. Um, news of the breakout of hostilities between the US and the Soviet forces spurs Britain into panic buying and looting. Okay, so yeah, um, you know, things build up, the news becomes more prevalent. Is that a word? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I it, becomes, it becomes louder in the background. People can they um, have to pay attention to it. They can no longer ignore it. Uh, this isn't the same as before. You know, the Cold War has been going on for a few decades, but this this is for real. People begin to realize. And of course, when actual bombs are dropped over in the Middle East, they're okay. And when there's um, news basically that this can happen here at any time, they start to take it seriously, if I have it correct, yeah. by the yeah. stage of the film. Yeah. The, the um, scene of the most British looting ever seen, the most calming British looting. The kid, kid runs into the shop, says it's starting, and everybody quiet quickly leaves the shop and it's just the most British looting scene I've ever seen. There's no chaos, it's just people pushing trolleys over as they leave the shop. Okay, I can remember okay. that scene. I do, I do, I do. Um, is, it, is that realistic? I mean, like for 1980s or today, is that how British people would still, did it then and would still do it? Uh, I think we'd be a bit more, uh, there was, actually, Joe, you know good example, COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, that, it was quite organised, there wasn't any scenes of people rushing in the shells were getting cleared, but it was in an orderly formation. Okay. And even this little scene of looting, I find it, it's one of the scenes in the film, one of the only scenes I can really say it's funny to me, because it's just so borderline polite. There's no screaming or shouting. They're trying to push their trolleys and running off with baskets. And There's no chaos, no gunshots, no nothing. It's just run away with the food. Question. With COVID, did everyone in England, which, uh, Birmingham, did everyone buy up all the toilet paper straight away? Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Same here in Brisbane, Australia. Yes. Each time, even, and there was a couple of times where there's a threat of a lockdown or a short lockdown of a couple of weeks as we went through a few of those. Toilet paper, each time, gone. Toilet, gone. toilet paper and um, flour. Couldn't bake anything. Flour. Make okay, interesting. We, we, we had rice disappear for one lockdown for some reason. It was like rice. Okay. Um, uh, fresh vegetables and fruit. Plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. It's just like that was as, you get, as much as you wanted, is that? Yeah, it's Hilarious. weird. Hilarious. Hilarious. Weird. Uh, yeah, so are we. So are yeah. we. Um, okay, right. Oops, sorry. sorry, I just clicked something that I shouldn't have there. Good. Okay, news of the breakout of hostilities between the U.S. and the Soviet Union spurs Britain into panic buying and looting. The government activates the Emergency Powers Act. 
and local authorities are granted powers to suspend peacetime functions and to confiscate property and material for civil defense purposes, i.e. the government takes control martial law, as it's commonly known, yeah, without any however you want to put it, Emergency Powers Act, um, you know, the Patriot Bill, <laughs> the Patriot Act, you know, there's all those blah, blah, blahs, mm-hmm. all that blah, blah, blah aside, it's martial law, yeah? Um, anything you want to say on that? Yes, the Emergency Powers Please. Act, I have a note on that. That didn't actually ever get brought forward. It's not actually a piece of legislation they actually implemented because they believed it to be so totalitarian, I believe is the term. Yes. And that in no peacetime it would ever get passed through. So the idea was that it was written, as were the uh, the war books as well. Okay. They were all written, kept to one side, and were to be pushed through rapidly in this situation where the escalation was clearly going in that direction. So the Emergency Powers Act is a thing that never truly got implemented because we never got to the point where they tried to push it through. But the breakdown of what it actually entails is... It's really fucking scary because it gives central government in its point where it is would be able to give slight communication, but it would then come down to um, I can't remember what the character's name is in Threads, um, the chief commander anyway, the one that one of the other people it follows besides Ruth and Jimmy. I know who you mean? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, the, the lovely old chap who um, says yeah, goodbye just... to his wife in a, such a British way. You know what I mean? Yes. But keeps his picture. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Puts the picture in there. That's when she knows that she's fucked. Basically, if he's taking a picture, he's not coming back. But, but then there's no crying. Then not not an hysteria. Nope. It's just, oh, I'll be fine, love. I'll be fine. But then there's that, yeah, that just... quick look, and then yeah. But carry on. Yeah. Um, so that never got put through, but it does give local government the basically the power to do whatever it wants. It doesn't have, not have that level of power normally. All power comes from central government usually. Okay. These guys have slight decisions, but now we're talking with the Emergency Powers Act. You can, like you said, you can take people's homes. You can dispense. Uh, uh, what's the word? Killing people legally. What's the term? I can't remember. Uh, corporal punishment. They get the power to decide. Uh, home court well set up courts like that to just they can do what they want basically here's a message from the devil here playing around I don't want yours here's a message to the fuckboy you've been keeping around I laying the bodies out moving the dirt there's people gonna die man seen as absurd enacted today if such a situation were to occur i imagine so that's what's if we got in to place, the point that where it gets to in threads yeah yeah that's what's in the tuck okay mm-hmm. um, um what is i'm sure there is something like that here because you know again commonwealth yeah yeah 
Um, and local, say, Emergency Powers Act and local authorities have got powers to suspend, yes, uh, martial law. The Emergency Council in Sheffield convenes in a bunker underneath Sheffield Town Hall, uh, though its members are severely unprepared for their emergency roles. And yes, they are. We do see that. They do their best, but yeah, they don't, yeah, they can't handle this. And um, nor should they as well, because it's too much for any human being to handle. They're not bad people, like, you know, no. those people um, in that office there, in the basement of the building. And several do not attend due to travel disruptions, that's right, or a desire to remain with their families. Travel is restricted to essential services only, with the government having taken control of British Airways and cross-channel ferries to assist with transporting troops to Europe. No one can get out. They try. Um, yeah, you see some people trying to get out with their families and such. And they turn, do they turn, they turn back around, don't they? Yeah, so he, he says go a different way. They've opened up one lane, but I think eventually you do see them come back home don't you yes they can't you get across. yeah yeah you remember yeah. the family i'm talking about there with the doll yeah the next door neighbors yeah. i believe isn't it yeah to right. jimmy's right. yeah. family yeah. yes correct correct yeah. correct yeah yeah um now at 8 30 a.m on th thursday may the 26th in britain attack warning red yeah we all know what that means just uh Red is transmitted. Minutes uh, red alert. Yes, minutes later, a high altitude nuclear explosion over occur, occurs over the North Sea, which generates an electromagnetic pulse. That's right. All the, mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I wasn't aware of all these finer details of nuclear explosions before yeah. researching this film. Yeah, disabling the electrical grid and crippling communications across Britain and Northwestern Europe. I can see where you have crazy ass war dictators like they like this strategically. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of war games, yeah, it is very mm -hmm. effective. Uh, crippling communications across Britain and northwestern Europe. A ground attack then strikes NATO military targets, including RAF Finnegally, um, which is uh, Royal Air Force, 17 miles from Sheffield. The detonation and mushroom cloud is seen from Sheffield, damaging buildings and plunging the city into chaos. Another missile impacts Sheffield directly, killing many thousands of the city's civilians, including Jimmy and his siblings. Okay, we'll pause there, but what do you think of yeah, where we're up to in the film? Yeah, this is the point where it all goes south. This is the point where arguably the real film really begins. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is where the horror film starts, yeah. Yes. <laughs> up until this point, it's yeah. been let's make it as relatable as possible. Everybody's got everybody knows a Jimmy, everybody knows a Ruth, everybody's got um, for example, that going backwards in the film, the bit where they're talking about abortion over yeah. the dinner table and the little brother's there to be a pain in the arse and go what's abortion yeah. really loudly and then the little you got another sister that's there just to wind you up i feel that that entire section of the film is really trying to make it as relatable to the common person as humanly possible by trying to cover middle class with ruth the working class with jimmy the whole thing i think is the whole point of the beginning is to really make you comfortable like make it as relatable to people as possible so when the nukes do start dropping he has the strongest effect possible if you know what i mean absolutely absolutely um and i was just looking at the running time there of 112 minutes uh just short of two hours and that if memory serves it's about 54 56 minutes in when the bomb yeah. hits sheffield directly and then the horror movie begins and 
the build up the point of that is to show that this can happen to everyone everyday people you know what i mean you've yeah. sided with these people you've related to with these people so this can happen to you as well as them <laughs> your everyday yeah. people just like that this is what can happen yeah, yeah. um and it gets dark from here oh, yeah. <laughs> it gets bleak, very dark miserable and depressing um i thought it was really well done like uh, up to this point like in terms of a build-up yeah to the incendiary event yes pun intended um yeah 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 expertly done expertly yeah. done okay um an hour following the attack prevailing winds have sent fallout from a ground burst at, uh crewy c-r-e-w what yes just just crew okay Easy. thank you yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> over the wreckage of sheffield uh, communications uh, between local authorities are re-established but limited due to disruption. Fires are left to burn uncontrollably as the danger of fallout is too high. Smoke from the fire blots out the sun and a nuclear winter commences. Um, when Ruth, the main scene I'll point out in this is where it really hits home is where Ruth goes outside mm -hmm. after the initial walk, walk through hell as I call that. Yeah. And, uh, walk through yeah. hell. Yeah, and you see old like old ladies holding dead babies with just this just you know you've seen like um melodramatic horror films or, or german expressionism films from the 1920s caligari will all had like i'm in a trance i'm half asleep in the midst of a nightmare <laughs> with the rice krispies and the tomato sauce with the black uh soot and all over their face and their hair's blown back and they're pissing down their leg bits of flesh are missing there's yep. a dead there's a mutilated dog there's a little child walking around <laughs> it's just like one horrifying image after that it takes about 10 minutes this moment i think this mm -hmm. five to yeah. ten minutes and it's just like jesus christ yeah it's that bit with the initial fires and her walk that section is just the section of is this is what you're going to see when you go outside or if you're still yeah. stuck outside yeah, did you yeah, notice yeah. et on fire did i notice et no <laughs> yeah, it's like an <laughs> et doll um within the oh, first um right. after the first fire yeah there's an yeah, et i, I right. don't yeah, have yeah. any explanation of why <laughs> et's there maybe it's a symbol of the burning of like childhood innocence i don't know i would or maybe they I just had, had an et guess. doll and just set yeah. it on fire yes just for a lark <laughs> like yeah. America, pay attention. This is going to happen to you too. I don't yeah. know because ET was ginormous globally yeah. at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and shout out to um, the uh, production team to create that horror scene as well as one of the most effective I've ever seen in yeah. all my years of watching horror. Definitely. Um, blah 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 blah. Communication. Do, 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 do. Give me a moment. Yes, the sun is blotted out, nuclear winter commences. A month later, soldiers make their way into what remains of Sheffield Town Hall, where they discover that the members of the emergency council have long since suffocated to death. And that was the lovely old chap in charge of things with his wife that he kept the picture of in there, um, arguing over the cigarettes, wondering where they're going to eat and eat next. They all die, don't they? None of them get yeah. out of that. Yeah. Nobody gets out. Yeah. Um, not so that, everyone dies in this film, but they may as well. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. We'll, we'll get to the end. We won't spoil the end. Um, but there's no happy ending. Just spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. That raises an interesting question for me in hindsight, because they were all supposed to be in charge of Sheffield afterwards. I think that implies that 
it's purely the military after that point because yeah. there's no nobody else. I think it's just right. or the name maybe the neighbouring um, wartime commander might have taken over control of Sheffield too. But one of the things I also like about this is it does keep it on a very personal level. The whole film, not jumping ahead too much or anything, but you never see central power like at all. Yeah, that's true. You never that's see what's true. going on with the prime minister. What's going on with London? Yeah. You don't even really see what's happening with the royal family or anything like that. No, no. It's just he it keeps it very. This is what you'll see if this happens to you. You won't yeah. know what's going on with Central. You'll just see what's yeah. in front of your face. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a big pull for empathy, absolutely, in doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's about people, not about institutions or anything like that. Because um, the system has dissolved, so institutions mean nothing. Money means means nothing, and they make a very good point of conveying the fact that money is absolutely worthless in this film. I appreciate that as well. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, when it comes down to Ruth's meal of rats later on oh. in the film, <laughs> it's, yeah, moments like that, and when they eat a sheep. Yeah. And the yeah. sheep is not well prepared or anything like that. No, the sheep hasn't Wrong. even been shorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying, listeners, viewers, without going into graphic detail. It shows what people have to do for survival when there is nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. It's implied um, what she has to do to get the rats as well in that scene that's mm-hmm. quite dark too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll leave that for people to see. I ain't going to say anything else. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Draw your own conclusions on that one. Yeah. Okay. Capital punishment, corporal punishment, capital punishment is authorized by the government. Uh, they get to, you know, basically, so the military or who are the deputies, if you will, even traffic wardens get to shoot you if they choose <laughs> in, if they want in this scenario. Yeah, just so imagine that, people, all over the world, that traffic cop, <laughs> give you the ticket, argue about a bang, is authorised by the government, whose attempts to maintain order are largely ignored by the surviving British public for the reasons were pre- previously explained. Yes. Jimmy's father dies alone in a cemetery used as a relocation camp having watched his wife succumb to her injuries back in Sheffield. Um, Jimmy's family in the house. Oh, mate. <laughs> uh, I, like, I'm just going to say, his wife, like her, she's, she fully takes one side of her face, pretty much. One side of her hair, Jimmy's uh, mum. And his dad, I find that bit in the cemetery quite sad as well, because he's still got the game that, I don't know what Jimmy's little brother's name is, actually. But he's still got that, he gets the little game out. So you can hear the music one more time. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's the last. Right, that's yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like a, yeah, a dirge. Used as a dirge, a funeral dirge at that point. Um, then there's the grandmother who's put out into the lounge room to be collected by the council because that's what the PSA, that's what the pamphlet told them to do. Yep. Um, and then there's the ridiculous measures for um, to ward off the effects of a nuclear blast with the doors um, put on an angle up angle. against the walls and stuff, and you've got to get in there and survive in there for a couple of weeks, which where uh, when the wind blows yep. really focuses on all of that. Yes, and we'll touch on yep. that at the end, yeah. Um, threads, of course, shows that this, no, this, I mean, like, yeah, when the wind blows shows that it doesn't work, but this shows what it, how it doesn't work in really grisly detail, that this is nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is, 
completely fucked. It's just there to be trying to be comfort. Like, oh, this this will this will help you if it happens. If you go into it yeah. thinking that, then you won't panic as much. But then yeah. when you're actually there and it doesn't do fucking yeah. anything, nothing to protect yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was nice little symbols of that of just um, symbols also of society crumbling and all of these little things that have been held up, like the the, the wisdom of the government of the you know listen to Queen and country, even the council. Um, that it means that it means nothing, as well as these little symbols of society, of of th- things running along normally, like the milk bottles dissolving from the blast, you know, on the, on yep. the doorsteps. So the, yeah, really like that. Um, Jimmy's father dies alone in the cemetery. Blah blah blah. Wife comes to injuries back in Sheffield. Ruth, long since long since separated from her parents, flees to the Buxton countryside with a caravan of survivors. Um, yeah, because basically everyone gets out of the city because people are just turning on each other yeah. at this stage. You know what I mean? As you can imagine, would happen. Yeah. Um, she gives birth to her daughter because yes, this is Jimmy's daughter. Because yeah. The, the, one of the reasons, I guess, uh, that they're getting married to keep things, you know, good, looking good to the neighbours. Uh, Jimmy's yeah. marrying Ruth because she's pregnant at the start of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she does. She keeps the child because, you know, like uh, there was no hospitals to have the abortion. I believe she wants to keep it no matter what as well. I believe it was Ruth's motivation. Yeah, I think it's like a reminder of Jimmy, maybe the same reason she carries that bird book around with her the whole the way through the film. Yeah, yeah. And symbolically in the film is that life does go on or life must go on. Or there's human beings' um, natural instincts to make sure that, you know, the species continues on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Within Um, that birth as well, they do quite a good mockery of uh, the birth of Christ, don't they? Yeah, I think it's on Christmas Day. They're in, even does the angle of the manger and everything, and everybody's just dead silent while the baby cries. (laughs) That is it. That's right, geez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, dark. It's dark. They make their points. Yes. They call yeah. on all the big symbols to make their points. Absolutely. Uh, so bear with me. Uh, a month later, soldiers made the web. Ba, ba, ba. Countryside, yes, yeah, she, um, with the caravan of survivors, Ruth goes into the Buxton countryside, gives birth to her daughter. The following year, sunlight returns, but with a higher, I mean, this, I mean, this is jumping forward a little bit, was not really given an idea of the um, amount of time that has passed. We're talking 40 to 50, uh, four or five decades later, the sun returns uh, with a higher ultraviolet index due to damage to the ozone layer which in turn increases the likelihood of cataracts and cancer. Crop cultivation is poor due to the lack of fertilizers and equipment. And the ground is just, you know, you can't, you know, they can barely dig through it. You know what I mean? Let alone, let alone till the soil or (laughs) harvest crops or anything like that. And, um, and you see them with their little makeshift little uh, plows that they've managed to gather from scraps and that sort of thing. And they're just scratching at the soil for days and days and days and rows and that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, gone are combine harvesters, gone are all the heavy duty industrial machinery from an industrial you know, area, that sort of thing where this would have been done on a mass scale, barely little human interactions, machines are doing it all. And you've basically got the dark ages. Yeah, you're trying to basically peasants tilling the 
soil in the dark ages. Yep. Yeah, this is what it, this is what society, the world has been reverted back to. And um, the sun's out, yeah, but don't look at it because you know it's going to give you cancer and it'll burn your goddamn eyes out. And so many it'll people be the have, look at. and so many people have burnt faces as well as burnt eyes. So many bandages around eyes in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's yep. a big, big image. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a mess. It's a depressing mess. This whole yeah. thing. <laughs> By the end of it, you just—it's fucked. Yeah. You just—you laying back, just watching this, going, "Good God," you know, because you are beaten up. You are physically drained. This is about two thirds through the movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you are physically yeah. drained by this film. Um, Ten years later, the remnants of Britain's population have reorganized into a society resembling the Middle Ages. There you go. And how many millions of people have died? It's like, two, oh. is it two thirds of Great Britain are gone? I did write this down. I think the population, yeah, it was at the time of uh, it's set, I think the population was 59 million. That, and yeah. I think that uh, the initial strike, it's two to nine million, I think, die from that mm -hmm. alone. And then I think mm -hmm. 10 million more at least die. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it gets down to 14 to 15, 15 million. million. Yeah. That's what uh, it is, isn't it? From That's... 60 million, yeah, and a span of about, I may be exaggerating with the 40 or so years, but it's only at like at about 20, 30 years, like two or three decades, you know what I mean? Mm. Two thirds of the population are gone. And, um, and most of them have been living, I mean, all of them, actually, the ones that did survive the initial blast, they've lived through hell. Like, you know, not just, oh, this is a bit rough. No, physical, environmental, <laughs> starvation, despair, you know, like every yeah. moment, every second has been pain, suffering, despair, you know what I mean? Yeah, none of it's good. Yeah. There's oh, none of it's good. There's no levity. There's no, there's no joking matters. There's no kind of, oh, at least we've got this. No, there's nothing. No. <laughs> there's no. absolutely, People it's hard. Barely speak. Yeah. People barely speak to each other. Like, people barely speak yeah language yeah, yeah language is yeah, reserved. as we get yeah to that point yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's virtually if not gone um it reverts basically down to neanderthal like grunts basically as well uh i believe ruth's daughter the only she speaks um to is i'm not sure if she even says mum she says up and work get yes. up work something up, like that like work yeah yeah, yeah. um there's the spooky ass television scene. I'm not sure how they got <laughs> to electricity. It's a little surreal oh, yeah. moment almost, but we won't pick holes. Um, no. Are we talking about a cat skeleton? That one. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Skeleton yeah. of a bird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The re-education yeah. of the humans of the human species. <laughs> and, yeah, but that's at the very end. That's at the very end. I won't. I won't go into details. They just watch it. Uh, yeah, that, it was just a nice little horror movie moment. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, okay, so ba, 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 ba. Middle Ages, survivors work in cultivating crops, children born after the war speak a broken form of English due to birth defects. Oh, yeah, there's all that, mm. all the defects, yes. And the collapse of the education system, there is no system, let alone a collapse. Industry begins to return with limited electricity, okay, and steam powered technology. They don't show that in the film, um, they show one sh single shot of an old steam engine. Yeah, they okay. say something that's just but it's literally i think it's just an old photo that they've put in there it's a single shot okay and uh, with okay. that text that comes up and then he jumps i think he's back to ruth's daughter at that point or something like okay. that okay okay but the population continues to live in barbaric squalor i'm talking yeah that's about like 
on the way to getting back to modern civilization, but at the end of this film, they're at like 0.2% and I'm being generous. Is that fair to say? That's more than first. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Ruth, yeah, okay. Um, Ruth ends up dying. Um, she does keep, um, there's a nice, no, I won't mention, there's a little remnant of Jimmy. I won't spoil mm. what it is, yes, but yeah. there's always the memory of Jimmy. She never um, forgot about him. I think he likes to imply that, but him. she always, yeah, always kept yeah. him with her. I guess Ruth is emblematic of um, hope. The one emblem of hope in this film is Ruth. The fact she doesn't forget about Jimmy. She looks after her daughter no matter what, even when she's mashing wheat physically on the ground, you know, in a... Um, yeah. In a, in a mill to try to feed her daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she, she does spend the... quite a bit of time looking for Jimmy as well. Um, she does. She does. Yeah. That's the awesome she meets up with Jimmy's stuff. friend. And she meets yeah, up with does. Jimmy's friend from the pub at the start. And that sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get, hold on, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So okay. she, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's not all human beings are bad at all. No whatsoever because Ruth is emblematic of like um, humanity um, and how it's struggle for survival, how it will always struggle to survive and there is always some goodness in humanity no matter what. It does give you, if there is any liberty in this film, it's just Ruth and her character. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ruth dies in bed though, survived by her 10-year-old daughter Jane. Okay. Now before we get to the last scene, yeah, because the, the way this movie ends, it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to add? Um, you have to, what happens to Ruth's parents? It, again, okay. that's a really good example of not showing. They do a really good horror job of not really showing. You know, he tells you that they're killed by looters. And as they're leaving, one of the looters is shot if you cast your boy back. And there's that one little jab about oh, the prawn cocktail, the one flavour I don't like. Uh, it's the dark gallows humour that I think that the army have ended up with at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it never shows exactly what Good happens. Point. There's one scene where Ruth goes back after looking for Jimmy for quite some time. But even that, she looks down, you hear the sound of flies, you never actually get to see what happens, which yeah. I find is really, you know, really nice. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know you know exactly what has happened. And good point with the gallows humour, because there are a few moments of gallows humour, because um, uh, comedy is a part of humanity as well, because it's a coping mechanism. But when it gets this dark, there can be nothing but gallows humour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the British are very good at gallows humour. Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> very good at gallows humour. History and all. Um, now, three years after Ruth's death, Jane and two boys are caught stealing food. Yeah. One of the boys is killed, and Jane and the other boy engage in a physical struggle, which is not depicted on camera. Again. But again, not showing, but implying off screen through sound as well, what actually yeah. happens to Ruth's daughters, Jane. Won't spoil it, but once you experience it, there, listeners, viewers, it's very obvious and very shocking. Again, yeah. horror. Months later, Jane gives birth in a makeshift hospital. <laughs> the way she um, comes up to the nurse in the hospital, um, and the nurse basically says, "No, no room for you here. Can't give birth here." Um, 
go home and use your common sense is what she says to this time. Go home. <laughs> go home the, and use... the, only, the only words for Ruth, uh, uh, Jane, the only words she can even use is baby coming. She just repeats yeah. the words baby coming because she doesn't that's really right. know how to say anything else. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Go home, use your, yeah. Go home and use your comments. Yeah. yeah. The subtext of that. Subtext of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is implying that babies aren't born at hospitals anymore. This is implied that babies yeah. are born. Which I've just realized is a kind of book ending mirror, mirroring of the PSA announcements for public safety and how to do with a nuclear bomb and the pamphlets from the start. This is governmental procedure, if you will, at the end of the film, when you are giving yep. birth <laughs> at this yep. stage of human society, at the reboot. Um, go, <laughs> go home yep. and use your common birth, baby coming, baby coming. And the film ends on a silent freeze frame as she recoils in horror at the sight of her baby. And, yep. if, uh, and if anything, if you denied that this was a horror film in any way, shape or form throughout this film, this last free freeze frame will throw all of that out the window. He <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> stops just before the sound of the scream as well. It's yeah. just... yeah. Yeah, the look, the look, the look, the look is amazing. The look of horror. Look, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Threads. That's <laughs> 1984 is Threads, yeah. But it's an amazing film. Yes, please. Uh, one thing it. that I think um, we both watched it, that YouTube, where they had one of the nuclear fellas, I can't remember what his designated rank is now or whatever it was, but he was in, one of them thought that the man next to Jane was Jimmy. Which I found really interesting that he was he was there not knowing that his granddaughter or grandchild was being born because he's yeah. so traumatized. But that's I can't find anything that backs that up other than that yeah. particular YouTube video's opinion on it. So I can't. Yeah. Oh, was it a podcast? Wherever it was. But I'm that's the you, only I'm place I've really heard it. I can't really find yeah. anything else. Oh, is that? Mm, I mean, it could have been there. Could have been put in there intentionally to suggest that it could be, um, which really just adds to the horror of the situation. Yeah, if you really yeah. think about it, the despair of it all, the tragedy of it all, or yeah. it could be just looking into it, or you know, it's just it's one of those things you get in movies. You know what I mean? There's always yeah. something like that. Um, point being, at the end of the day, though, this film is amazing. It is well worth watching, um, certainly in uh, the climate. Uh, that we're going through at the moment. I think that this could be sh um, sent out to Ukraine, to Russia, to America, to NATO in general, to the world to watch again. I think yeah. it, it serves the same purpose, would have the same efficacy, you know, same teaching effect as yeah. it did in 1984. It doesn't need to be touched up, no CGI or anything of that nonsense. It says it all, conveys it all. Um, yeah, it's an excellent film. So thank you very much for, you know, for, for putting me through it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I will say, if anybody hasn't watched it yet and is going to yeah. watch it off the back of this or is watching it in preparation to this, there is a remastered version. It's oh, not it? as good. It's not as okay. good. You're better off watching it because it kind of sometimes you can quite clearly tell that they've just put fire effect in front of us, uh, an image already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, okay, no, I'd rather that original 1984. I think probably the same one that yeah. you watched online. Yeah, it was. That's the yeah. one to watch because the quality complements yeah. it, really, complements all the effects by keeping it gritty. Yes. When they try to clean it, it up, it kind of 
No, I can't. No, they would divorce. It would divorce you from the realism, from the neo-realism yeah. of it. Yeah, which is part of this film's efficacy. Definitely, I, I don't want to see any digital flames. No, no. <laughs> I want to see no digital flames, none whatsoever. Uh, yeah, um, and yeah, this um, when I, as I pointed out throughout the breakdown, uh, yes, when I saw the meme about Russia attacking Ukraine. Um, or USA attacking Russia, one of the two, it was a porn shop, you know, the porn shop reality TV program, it was those two oh, fellas. Porn on stars or whatever it's called. Por porn stars, whatever it's called. Stars. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, those ones, those ones. Um, I don't know, um, whether this isn't a political podcast, but this is a political film, so it's pertinent to this episode. What do you reckon? You're in Britain as well. I'm in Australia. I'm not completely safe down here by any means, but I'm not as in the thick of it as you are there in Birmingham, England. What do you think for the whole Putin-Ukraine thing going on at the moment? Um, it, this will all be opinion. I can only give my opinion on of this. Course, so this of no course. It's concrete facts. Yeah. I don't think so. I think the whole, because he said quite early on in the invasion of Ukraine, is that basically to paraphrase, we will back out nuclear weapons if we need to. If anybody, if we think we're being threatened, we will throw it. I think that was a an intimidation tactic because the West responded by going, oh, we're not going to do anything. Which is, from this book, going back to the Secret State, which is what I'm basing most of this on, because um, there there's a lot of, even now, there's still a lot of spies within both circles. And it is quite commonly understood that nobody really wants it they're there as a deterrent more than actual use which is why Britain has very little, as the film thread shows it has very little actual defence because it went with deterrent instead of defence okay, I understand, yeah. yeah so basically I don't think, it, I honestly don't think it'll get to that point I get paranoid sometimes obviously as we all do get a bit worried about it but I don't think it'll get to that point if it does get to that point, Britain's fucked. That's the truth of it, though. There's no, okay. I've, I've no sugar coating it because right. we're so, because we're such a small target. I think I said this. I don't know if I said this at the start with when we were talking about this before. Um, there is measures. If we got hit, the bombers would go up, submarines would go out, they'd go up through Norway and then strike. Well, well, what would be directly Russia now because it wouldn't be the Warsaw Pact countries anymore. So, but there'd be nowhere to come back to. The idea is you keep flying all the way to Mongolia. Um, but even if America and Russia, or let's just say NATO and Russia for the argument, they would both survive the first initial bombardment and have the ability to do a second strike, where I am, we'd just be fucked. There'd be nothing left because it's such a small country. The book I was reading even says that one large... Um, thermonuclear weapon can be detonated roughly where I in the sea between Ireland and Wales and the fallout cloud that it would push across England would shut England down anyway nobody would be able to go out of the house because of the wind blow would blow the fallout right across England so you guys would I don't think you guys would probably be would be all right I haven't looked it up to be honest because I don't really want to know <laughs> <laughs> But I um, think, there, I mean, out of anywhere, yeah. out of anywhere, Australia, New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, I'd um, be there. Out of anywhere, yeah, I would feel fortunate um, to, I mean, yeah, it's hard to find the right words to describe, but I think would be 
Australia, though, I mean, like, you know, when New Zealand, it's still the, the case that a lot of countries don't even know what New Zealand is. They think it's a part of Australia. You know what I mean? Um, New Zealand stays well out of anything nuclear. It has no, it has no real kind of allegiance with America. Australia does. Australia is America's wannabe little cousin. And if and this is only in the worst case of scenarios if things got really bad and we did actually have a World War Three, because uh, we have been brought into the other uh, two world wars, um, and the enemies quotation marks decided to go against everyone who was siding or in allegiance with America. That's where we would get it because of our association, because of our want to be America's want to be yeah. America, America's little cousin status. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. One of the reasons why we one of the reasons why we were made ourselves target in the first place is because we couldn't set up our nuclear program on our own. We basically had to use the Americans. The only thing that they can't do is to tell us when to fire our nukes. They can advise, and if the prime minister dies, okay. we consult Washington, and they'll oh, say, "Oh, seriously, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." But we okay. then consult Washington, and then they'd, that's when things will start getting launched. Interesting. But yeah, we're we're super in bed. If America jumps into fires and nuclear, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah you guys are far more entrenched, far more entrenched mm. in the whole situation, potential situation, yeah. hypothetical situation, and let's hope it's, let's hope it's forever stays hypothetical. So, yeah. Hope so. yeah. Um, my two cents on it again: no expert whatsoever, and I do like to divorce myself from politics because it kind of scares me as well as disturbs me. The whole thing, you know what I mean? Um. But the points have been pointed out by other podcasters like Tim Dillon. If you know Tim Dillon? Not top of my head. Of my head. Uh, cultural commentator, comedian in America. I listened to his podcast and he, the point that he made that stood out to me is the character of Putin himself. Uh, you've got basically a guy in his 70s. Um, wants nothing to do with America and the West, doesn't like America and the West. There's the sanctions, there's the no-fly zones. Um this was, I mean, things move, do move very quickly nowadays as well. So this was about a month ago that he was stating this. Um, so I'm not up to today's, you know, situation, today's, you know, how it's on, played out today on the chessboard. Um, but with the sanctions and the no-fly zone, you know, basically making huge gestures towards war, let's go to war, or just cajoling him uh, to strike, Yeah. Um, and the fact that he is 70s, he's, you know, he's, um, this is his last stand, if you will. He's on his way out, you know what I mean? And so there is the chance that he'll just say, well, fuck it, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, it's tricked. There are more, as much as it's given the image that Putin is the one responsible to press the button, there is a chain of command that he has to go along. Yeah, even in basically agree to yeah, yeah they have to still have okay. to have people to turn the keys. So there's no, as, I know they say that there's a nuclear button, but there is. Yeah, there's, there's I know that's in America. I know that's in um, America, but the same. I think the even same. they've got checks and balances. Okay. Like if once that button's pressed, you have to follow it up with a okay. phone call to okay. the codes. Okay. I know that um, this it was in the eighties. Letters in the UK, everybody had a letter sealed, and when the command came through, you opened it up. It had the name of somebody. And then you follow the chain from there. It gets a bit classified after that point. That, but that's what's been declassified over time. Um, I, he does have kids and grandkids. 
he must know that he's dooming them at the same time. Yeah. But again, we are talking about people we don't know. This is just through the lens of the media from the West as well for both of us as well. You know what I mean? We are seen through an American lens at the end of the day, the, you know, essentially the way we see Russia, um, the way we see Ukraine as well, you know, to keep it balanced, to keep all, keep it objective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's just hope um, that it forever stays hypothetical, this situation. Um, and let's, and that's why I'm glad that we did cover threads today. So our own small little way we can bring some awareness of this film so some people can go out and watch it so we can, and our own little way in the internet verse, um, get it out there and get some awareness out there that nuclear war, very, very bad. <laughs> very bad. It's, it's the worst. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. get much worse than that. Biblical level bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Destruction yeah. of the human race as we've we know it's yeah. and that's not yeah. even counting them animals the complete species yeah, to, to the planet yeah 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 I mean, yeah yeah not just us yeah okay yeah are we good well, in, in one one piece of solace for everybody film came out nearly 40 years ago yes still ticking along we're still ticking along absolutely but do see the film do see the film it's yes, an important def- film i'd advise everybody important. to at least watch it once at least just, just the once. once yes absolutely. at least once yeah yeah not yeah. 10 times like i have in the build-up to this <laughs> <laughs> you're surprisingly yes yeah together for some yeah. <laughs> yeah. film. yeah that many times as well um but Go i think away, ads. okay yep sorry yeah. after you um, it's part. I think it's just part of my philosophy: is what happened will happen. We, in regards to especially thermonuclear war, we don't really get much say in it. So there's no point worrying about it. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to. Yes, you've got to live as well. You've got to live as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, part of this, part of the philosophy, why I don't watch the news twenty four seven a day because you can't worry about what um, seven billion people are doing constantly. You do have to live your own life. We're not designed to take in that kind of information or stimulus or fear <laughs> constantly. Yeah. You have to live your life and enjoy life. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, we will rate it and then we'll go into uh, the sin scale. If okay. you will, yep. Um, I'll throw it to you first. Now it's um, flowers of evil. It's you know, like when you give, like, say, just to further clarify what I mean with my rating system here. You know, when you give a rapper their flowers, their props, you know, and their acclaim, that sort of thing. But being the cinema salon, make it a bit more darker and fancy. Flowers of evil, Le Fleur de Mal, Charles Baudelaire, and all of that. Um, so there's seven being seven deadly sins it is seventh out of seven flowers of evil how much do you give threats i'm struggling to give it anything less than a six but i'm not sure if i can push it to seven maybe maybe six and a half yeah yeah go six to six and a half not quite seven yeah yeah I'll give it a solid six. Absolutely. It's not quite seven. No, no, it's not no, perfect. I can't explain why I can't quite give it a seven. I'm probably mm. sure your explanation will sound like what my brain's thinking, but I can't quite for some reason go there. Um, the balance that they're going for is very hard to attain between neorealism 
and almost a kitchen sink reality of everyday people. You know what I mean by kitchen sink drama? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Brits are very, very good at it. Like Coronation Street was the kind of sitcom version of kitchen sink drama. Yeah. Um, because it has to be heightened to some degree to convey a political point. Yeah, so there are certain moments where that balance is thrown off to bring in elements of horror. Not that I'm mad at that at all, because that works yeah. in its favor to convey the point that this is very, very bad. <laughs> this is a bad scenario, so it was necessary. But in terms of uh, artistry and constructing and piecing a film together as an overall work of art doesn't quite maintain that balance so to be a hundred percent objective i will give it a six out of seven i'm kind of leaning towards six and a half but i want to be more you know i've got to have a critical hat on here yeah does that make sense that makes perfect sense that's probably yeah. how I would, uh, if i could articulate yeah. it that's probably exactly <laughs> how i'd articulate it thank you thank you yeah um but again marvelous film needs to be seen needs to be seen absolutely mm. Okay, um, uh, we will go through these sins now. Here, I had to write it down. This... I was going to, to for any time I saw a sin. So, uh, oh, fantastic work! Fantastic work. So, the first one with our seven deadly sins, and I get these from Britannica.com. Uh, vain glory or pride? I think. Pride is the impetus for all of this to happen. It is that final yeah. push as a matter of pig-headedness. They're not backing down. Formerly you know called pride. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, greed or covetousness? So greed. Coveting. Um, a tricky one. The only one I, bit I really could think of for that was there's a scene in the um, Sheffield War Room bunker under the town hall thing. Where she's, they're talking about the food, and she she says, "Well, I need to keep that food back so I can make people work for it and not just give it to people." Is that practical? Is that greed? I couldn't really decide. That's why I kind of wrote, made a note of it, but then didn't underline it several times. That greed, it is coveting. I suppose yes, yeah, coveting yeah, resources. Yeah, actually, it is coveting resources. So we have to say yes because of that. Yeah, it's not individual cool. greed. It's the system no. making people covet, or people taking advantage of the system to covet. It's not just individual greed. Yeah. yeah. So I'd have to say it on the, in that way, on that level. Uh, lust or an inordinate or illicit sexual desire. We can't ignore Jimmy and his friend in the pub at the start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's pretty lusty. It's pretty lusty. Pretty lusty. Because <laughs> it even goes as far as to even show that they end up in a car on the hill, as Ruth and Jimmy yes. did at the start. Yes, so yes. It's yes, not yes, like absolutely. it was just. It wasn't just a chit chat. No, no, no. The tanks come through at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. they both. What, and they, you can see that they both look out the window like that. Yes, we're playing at the start with Ruth, and then we have tanks with his bit on the side. Yeah, that was a nice escalation. Uh, envy. Is, uh, is wishing you were dead envy? Is envying the dead a thing? Are we considering that? Because there's a scene where Jimmy's mother's lying in their makeshift shelter and she goes, oh, I wish I'd just died with everybody else. Are we considering yes. that envy? 
I think it is on a biblical level. Mm-hmm. And this film does go to a biblical level. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say yes because of that. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. Plague victims envy the dead. And this yeah. does have a black plague aesthetic about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. invisible plague, yeah. which is radiation. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Beautifully put. Okay, so yes. Uh, gluttony. Mm. I'm not going to call even what Ruth is one particular little bit again where Ruth's in the bunker with the family and what's actually happened is there's a conversation going on behind her between Ruth's grandmother and his her mother and if you see Ruth she's got the bottle of water and she just drink downs the whole thing to a point where her mum says stop we need that you can't don't drink it all at once but that's more trauma based. I don't know if I'd really yeah. consider it great. I think that when I was going through, that's the only one I could even remotely try and pull greed out of. Besides that, I don't think I could find it anywhere else. Yeah. Oh, or no, the old man think... kicks them all out because he's got a perfectly fine house, but he throws Ruth and everybody else out of the house once the policeman puts but them that, in there. But that's more but coveting. That's, that's back to the yeah. coveting. Yes. Yeah. I want to say no. I don't think there's any yeah. explicit because, as you pointed out earlier, we don't see the ruling classes, we don't see royalty, we don't see anyone profiting off of all of this. You know what I mean? No, really and that's if we did, that's where we would see gluttony, as we've seen with the the ruling classes and the elite throughout history. While the streets are raging outside, they're eating pheasant and foie gras, you know, mm-hmm. in the ballrooms. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah, there's none of that. So I'm going to say no with that one. That's fine. I agree uh, with that. Uh, wrath or anger, yeah. Pushing the button, or just sending the nukes in the first place. I think and also a- at the gates of the food, um, the, the military food reserves, you know what I mean? The gates there, and they're trying to push the gates over to get to the traffic wardens to get, you know, people are angry. And also there's um, at the nuclear protest just before things pop off as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's some... Yeah, the, the, the fil- I think the film's full of wrath. The whole yeah, the film's full of wrath. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, which is a common thing with these films that we cover when we do sin scales on here. They've all got pride and they've all got wrath. Um, uh, wrath is the big one. Wrath has been the most prominent throughout. Um, our sloth. Hmm. Let me think on that. There is uh obliviousness there is a f- sort of willful ignorance at the start now nah, should be right uh, who cares that's not going to happen it's just the news never yeah. never never eventuates never turns out the way they're going to say but that's not sloth mm, what is it again go can I go back to this because very tricky with this one as well because again traumatized people mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. bits where they're calling for ruth to help and she doesn't she'll either just sit there well, it's another point where uh, I think it's the first time where they're getting grandmother down from the top of the house down to the basement. She's stood at the top, that's just right. listening, and they're saying, Ruth, Ruth, help, Ruth, Ruth, and she runs off to find Jimmy, and I think that's what she implies, that she's gone to find Jimmy instead. It's trauma. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's trauma at the end of the day. I try to, I, yeah. I try to attribute stuff I know to what you're saying. as possible. Yeah, yeah but... No, thank you for that. Nobody can really sit around, can they? Well, everybody's so traumatised, it's not really sloth. And sloth is a choice. Sloth is a willful choice. The actions of trauma, um, uh, trauma, the consequences of trauma, 
That's a really good point, actually, when you're looking at the sins, you really have to consider if they're the side effects of trauma or if they, yeah, or if they're willful choices. Um, so just, and, yeah, yeah sorry. that's right, that's right. Um, so there is pride because that is, yeah, because it's the powers that be that are, do push the button. Yeah. So I'm saying yes there. There is covetousness, yes, even if it is a result of the systems put in place prior to this event. Yeah. Uh, there is lust because he cannot deny Jimmy and his mate getting their legs yep. over. Um, envy. If you're looking at as a on a the um, the invisible plague radiation envying the dead, are we going to say yes to that? Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. I imagine yeah. it would be a lot more off screen as well. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people absolutely. would be wishing for death at that point, I imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and there is when they're just getting out of town, one family looks at another family's ability to get out of town to just up and leave as well. Yes. That yeah, is yeah, pure. Yeah. That's straightforward envy. Yes. Um, gluttony, no. Because we're not seeing people profiting, you know, people. No, Sorry. I've, I've, I've got something. I've got, yeah, the okay, shopkeeper. Go for it. Shopkeeper. He massively ups his prices. And that's Ooh. just before everybody loots. That's profiteering off the panic. Because he even says, don't like the prices, go somewhere else. Is that greed, though? Or gluttony? Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... This is the trickiest one so far. This has been the greed. trickiest one. To... It's oh, greed, greed, isn't greed. it? Because he wants more money, doesn't he? Gluttony, it's money. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, want... yeah, yeah. It's not a corpulent pleasure. Like food, no. white, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the trickiest film so far to work out the sin scale, definitely, because usually it's it's plain as day. Okay, yeah. um, so gluttony, no. So that is four out of five. Six, wrath, anger, a plenty, sloth, no, because out of all the sins, the choices that are made are based on trauma, the consequences of trauma. So that's five out of seven. Sins demonstrated in threats. Yes. About that. It's, yeah, it's up there. It's up there for like um, a docudrama. Potential <laughs> <laughs> real event. Yep. Human beings. Human beings. Yes, it really speaks to the nature of human beings. Yes. yes. But um, I wonder if I should bring in the, um, the virtues in the future to see how it's balanced, see how these films are balanced because... Ruth, as we've discussed, she displays, she's the only one who, that she's the kind of the vessel of human virtue throughout this film. Yeah, I might, I might consider that. I might consider that in the future. Yes, to do the so vices sure. and the virtues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for now, five out of seven, you're giving it a 6.5. Yeah, you're landing on that rating. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay there. Yeah, I'll, I'll commit to 6.5. 6.5 flowers of evil. I am six. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a worthy film that we both like. Thank you again for showing me this nightmare. <laughs> this absolute nightmare of a film. But this brilliantly um, conceived and executed bit of cinema as well, definitely. Certainly worthy of discussing in the cinema salon. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, I think we'll um, wrap things up there. Just finally, is there anything, I don't know if you want people to follow you online or tell them to fuck off, don't 
bother me. Uh, <laughs> you can follow other people. You can follow Man Bites Pod, Cinema Salon, No One Likes Us, Carl Eats Snacks, we'll give him a shout out, and yes. Cast Clothing, which is where the hat's from. Absolutely. Um, and show up my friend's band, The Temple Street Resistance. Just put it into yeah. Google, it will come up. Yeah. Shout out, will do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and don't well, follow so me in Paranoid Enough as it is. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yes. Um, at, the, at, the, at the cinema salon, at Man Bites Pod, at No One Likes Us, the podcast, um, Google Carl Eats Snacks, YouTube Galore. And uh, what was the name of the clothing again, please? Uh, it's Cast Clothing. So that's Instagram. I think it's mm-hmm. at Cast Clothing, C A S T Clothing. Yeah. So that's yep. their clothing line. Absolutely. If you put the Temple Street Resistance into Instagram or Facebook, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw out one as well Uh, yeah about that podcast with uh, Paco uh, Joe Audio of course Uh, Paco and Joe uh, Gimmick Gangers they do a fantastically funny podcast out of Arizona Paco um, if you're listening I'm going to hit you up after this is done because you're going to be next Um, and of course have to bring it back to the Gimmick Gang all roads lead back to the Gimmick Gang and the Broad Street Breakdown which inspired pretty much all of us to start off with these little crazy side ventures (laughs) largely yeah yeah. Um, and also uh, why not Um, if you're in Brisbane, Australia come to Escape Manor Um, I might lock you in a room or you might be locked in a room with me and certainly come to Evil Corp Haunted Attractions in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane if you want to get really scared. Yeah. And just Google social media both of them. And I think, Paul Morrell, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. I'm so glad we could finally do this. Uh, Fantastic choice of film. And yeah, listeners, viewers, uh, that is a wrap on 1984's Threads, the doors of the cinema salon are now closed, fade to black.
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.